0: Hello, Ed. how are you doing? Very good, thanks, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Are you
1: socially distanced
0: still? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm just cracking on doing keeping up the stuff. I mean, I think everyone's feeling like it's been a long time now, but to me, this isn't quite. It's not time to. I don't know if I said this last time, but. It's not time to start going. Are we nearly there yet? Are we nearly there yet? Are we nearly there yet? There. Oh, yet? I
1: have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old boy in my house, and I spend <laughs> an awful lot of time with in their company. Yeah, charming and, and little fellows they
0: are. <laughs> and they, I bet there's a lot of "Are we nearly there yet?" Right?
1: Yeah, from me mainly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So is football coming home? Is football nearly there yet? What's going on? I've not paid any attention.
1: Well, it won't be coming home. It literally won't be coming home because the proposal at the moment is to play neutral grounds. So two concerns here. One around health and safety. So how can they bring football back and it be safe for the players, broadcasters, staff, members, ancillary people, people who need to be Uh at a game for it to just function? So there's definitely no proposal to have fans in games at the moment. So uh, it looks like the Premier League are going down the German ghost ghost games route. And then the second thing is to ensure that fans don't start gathering outside the stadiums while the game is on. So I don't know how real this is. There's a really patronising video from the Liverpool city mayor or council member. I don't know whether you've seen this one. Basically saying, I mean, he doesn't say this, but. He basically implies football fans are idiots and they're all gathering groups outside of stadiums. I mean, you say it's so, patronising. Well be- <laughs> yeah, I was
0: going to say that the, the kind of tail end of football showed us, you know, United fans went to, travelled to a game that was being played behind closed doors in another country. Uh, the PSG thing was absolutely insane. Um, that, that gathering. So,
1: yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, no, no, they were both about, I mean, 1,000 United fans went and stood on a hill outside the ground um, in a COVID 19 hotspot, which wasn't exactly sensible. More sensible than 50,000 people gathering at Anfield for Liverpool versus Atletico coming from Madrid. Anyway, don't need to really litigate that one. So it looks like um, neutral grounds and uh, a lot of testing paid for by the Premier League, which, you know, at £30,000 a week or something, they're saying is is nothing in terms of costs. Of course, there's a, there's a kind of optics thing that the Premier League will have to do there. Not enough tests in the general community to allow social distancing measures to be scaled back, but they will find the tests privately. So I'll have to manage the optics there. Of course, the government claiming that they've hit their daily testing target with a little bit of uh, manipulation of the figures, should we say, um, might help them in their argument now. And it seems like the government is actually on football side because it's part of their sort of we're moving on strategy, which is kind of interesting just a few weeks after... That was football was also used to deflect attention from real problems, but in a very different way. Anyway, so that's what's happening at the moment. Negotiations and uh, interesting piece. I think it was in The Guardian or maybe The Times today, Sunday, saying that the Most clubs are on board with this, but the clubs that are in immediate um, threat of relegation are less on board. They think that the fact they're being played at neutral grounds makes the games sufficiently different enough that they're worried that it'll negatively impact them. Now, everyone's in the same boat, I suppose, you could argue. Not playing at home, not having their home advantage. They wouldn't have their away disadvantage either. Uh, so, I don't know whether that that argument really holds water, but it's been used as leverage to potentially stop any relegation this year, so complete the season, no relegation two up twenty two team season the next season whenever that starts, whether it's twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one and then five relegated from that campaign, something like that
0: mm. I mean that sounds vaguely logical, you know it's it's these are just such complicated matters. And, and obviously, I mean, this it's really, this is a football podcast, so we're talking about football. Inevitably, we have to kind of put some caveat in that football doesn't actually matter that much in the
1: scale of things. Sure. Um, I, I feel like we could just have a general caveat at the beginning of the show going, yes, we know football <laughs> doesn't matter that much in the scale of things. People are dying. That's more important. But we are a football po- uh, yeah. podcast and we're talking about football. exactly. Uh, and, you know, and what's going on in football right now is... Can we get back to playing? Because and and there was a very good um, op-ed written by the uh, Crystal Palace CEO, whose name I'm completely forgetting. It's
0: definitely not Simon Jordan, right? That's it's definitely not Simon
1: Jordan. It's actually someone who's sensible and not a lunatic, uh, and basically making the case, uh, saying yes, we need we do need the money, and you know, and that bit, I'm I'm slightly less sympathetic about because I think. Premier League clubs just have to reallocate capital. Their capital structure would have to change. they almost only have to just get rid of players, sell them, make them free, whatever. Days of £50 million transfers are gone for the time being, and uh, except in a few exceptional circumstances, and I don't think this summer. Um, so I think Premier League clubs can survive. There are apparently a couple who are really short on cash. Uh, Bournemouth is probably obviously one who rely much more heavily on on commercials and gate revenue and, and match day. Um, but lower down the leagues, that's where you do get a really catastrophic effect of having no actual games on or having games behind closed doors if it comes back and the money won't be flowing down from the Premier League, which it does, even though people do complain about in- inequality between... The top leagues and the bottom leagues, a lot of money does flow down. So, you know, it matters for everybody in the industry. It's also a five billion, five six billion pound a year industry, which is small in industrial terms. But there is that. You know, there is a there is a kickback to the exchequer if people are worried about the the cost potential cost to medical services.
0: Yeah, and and the public. Uh, the public mood, public morale, providing people with something to do to keep them at home, which is, you know, is going to get harder and harder, especially as the messaging is like, hey, everyone, it's kind of getting better. It's like, mm. I understand why as a government you're trying to sell that story, but you you've you've got to be so careful. But anyway, let, let's not go down that tangent. One of the things I wanted to say um, that I don't know if you and I have even talked about, um, but Woodward basically came out and said the thing that we've been saying, especially you've been saying, because you've been paying much closer attention to it than me, uh, week in, week out, which is uh, this: there's not going to be huge transfers this summer. And I saw just a little bit of him getting stick, and I I thought, well, I mean, it's obviously a a rod he's made for his own back, but I I actually think there's a level of kind of um, wildly irresponsible... Journalism in very inverted commas. That's that's still kind of like, well, where are we going to get clicks from? Where are we going to like our our industry's falling apart? So at least if we put Sancho United 150 million in a headline, lots of people will click on it. But I thought I thought Woodward was it was the right thing for him to do to come out and say that stuff.
1: Yeah, it was a letter to a fan forum. Look, it's perfectly actually just just take that statement word for word and it's perfectly sensible there will not be much of a market this summer and in fact there will be loads and loads of bargains he didn't say this piece but there will be teams that just have to get rid of players even if it's to, to get those players off the wage bill because they just can't afford it they just won't have the cash so um, anyone who has a sensible transfer strategy and uh, and the backing of the right kind of analytics and has all their lists compiled and done their homework, which they've got plenty of time to do right now. I mean, apparently United scouts are sitting in front of the TVs watching hours upon hours of videos of players, which is exactly what they should be doing. So United should be in a actually pretty good position because they are they are in a reasonably strong compi- position comparatively. To the rest of European football, so but he's he's right. There won't be huge transfers, and it's ridiculous to think there will be. You know, they not only have they lost this period of revenue from gates, uh, the nine matches plus all the cup games. They won't get back is millions for a club like United, um, but there's an awful lot of money being threatened from those broadcast contracts, and it's not just this broadcast contract. It's the next one as well, in in, you know, being negotiated amidst an economic depression. Likely won't be as good. And one final thing, just on, just on football coming back. A couple of trial balloon stories floated. One, Sky might use CGI fans. Please don't, just (laughs) don't pretend something is something. It's not. I mean, it's not going to be ideal at all. In fact, there's many fans. I think with with good justification of saying something along the lines of look we don't want, football is about fans and we don't want it if there's no fans there. and I understand that 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 LASK game was pretty miserable wasn't it you know not like zero atmosphere great goal from o d n of course but um yeah so let's let's not do that no it is what it yeah, is
0: absolutely yeah and uh, you know I I just speaking completely personally, I have beyond the kind of like um, wishing people well and hoping, you know, wanting people not to lose their jobs and things go out of business and stuff. I have no personal like rush to be like, oh, I can't wait to just watch some football I've never seen before. Um, That just not at all. The thing that I'm looking forward to is when things are in a position that we can go to Old Trafford. That's honestly the thing that I'm looking forward to. I, I, I couldn't say that I'll be like champing at the bit to watch some behind the closed door league fixtures to see if United get top 4 this season and you know all that kind of thing it feels very empty really and well of course it will feel literally empty won't it so
1: yeah. well and and very quickly actually because um i mean liverpool are going to wrap up the title if if we're playing out this season fairly quickly one would assume, and if there's if there's no relegation, there's going to be an awful lot of matches that mean absolutely nothing, and they'll just be like training games. An awful lot. And with City likely still banned from Europe, because I don't see how UEFA can back down on that one, there is some competition for those Champions League places, but it's not a lot of clubs involved in that competition. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of meaningless games.
0: Absolutely. Uh, just on a slight tangent... Uh, Jimmy Anderson was asked, how do you feel about potentially playing cricket behind closed doors? And of course, he said, I've played a lot of county cricket.
1: (laughs) Yes, good. Yeah, three blokes sleeping and they're all octogenarians.
0: (laughs) Um, All right, should we take a quick break, cleanse the palate and come back with some actual olden days football chat? So the 1977 FA Cup final between Liverpool and Manchester United. For some context, United finished. Uh, Liverpool were champions, and on the way to a European Cup final, Boo. lots of talk about a treble. Boo. Did they win the treble? Did they heck? Um, Did they? F- <laughs> um, the uh, the there's a couple of things I wanted to say about context. So. United finished 10 points behind Liverpool, which is actually 15 points by today's money because it was two points for a win in those days. And I think it is literally, they, they had the same number of draws and finished five wins behind Liverpool, basically. Um, but in the, han- in the tunnel before the game, the cameras are in the Wembley tunnel before the game, it's all friendly chats and handshakes. Oh, absolute disgrace! I, I thought they were—they were all—they all hated each other in those days. They were just punching each other in the tunnel. It Turns
1: out, well, loved it. when did when did Sunes turn up at Liverpool? Because maybe that's when the hatred started. And maybe
0: so. Like maybe that was just the year after he'd have been fuming watching that Jimmy Case, you know, legendary Liverpool hard man, and just United you know, and Liverpool sharing perfectly polite and friendly exchanges in the tunnel.
1: So don't Working let- wouldn't have that soonest wouldn't have that well one one thing that I mean, that struck me as well um the other thing that struck me was uh talking of adverts which we may have come back from, probably not probably uh, not he has died <laughs> yeah so, so uh it was all the uh the old school um hoardings around the pitch and quite a lot of companies that no longer exist uh we had Rizzler I think they still exist <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drink. A yeah, Chessington Zoo survey, which was a bit—is that now what is Chessington Park Theme Park?
0: Chessington Zoo, yeah. because the, the theme park Chessington World Adventures has got a zoo built into it. Right,
1: right. I don't know what the survey bit about it. Hot Point, lots of Hot Point. Hot Point still exists. Yeah. Middle and Bank, which I believe is now HSBC. H- absolutely. Yeah. Decca. I don't even remember what that is. Record label.
0: Record. Oh, label. okay. Yeah. Well, they. They all just are, they're just all Sony now, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's only like four record tables. Um, and then Trenton Trelleborg, a bit, a bit odd. I mean, you know, a, a random fishing port in Sweden or wherever, <laughs> right? Norway, is, I think,
0: is, is that what it was an advert for a fishing port? Like, come here and fish. Um, and the thing about the Rizzler ad that I noticed is it was like a green, red, blue Rizzler, and for some reason, I assumed that blue Rizzler were a, a later invention because i remember when silver Rizzler were invented and i kind of i kind of thought they just hadn't quite mastered thin paper technology by 1977 but apparently they <laughs> had <laughs> um, so yeah um the the whole uh, i skipped quite a lot of the national anthem abide with me stuff cuz it's just nationalism is i'm just I them never like nationalism, but now, right now, I just literally can't handle it. So uh, I skipped forward through some of that. But it was lovely to see Tommy Dock. Um So, Ed, for our younger listeners, and yes. really even for listeners of our generation, you know, we I don't remember Tommy Docherty being United manager, obviously, because um, I think he was only here yes, for another... Two a year. So yeah, another year, and I was one.
1: Um, no, in fact, wasn't he sacked this summer? This oh, is '77, yeah, He so, sacked this summer, and Dave Sexton comes in, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, but Tommy Doherty, just a, a sort of football legend, really. Yeah, well, by this time, he'd been at United four years or so, he came in with the club in you know, heading down basically in disarray really poor quality squad you know complete mismanagement by the club of the the uh, busby transition to o'farrell then back to busby a uh, load of retiring stars poor purchases you know the whole the whole lot um and then uh, united went down with Doherty and then he brought them back up playing what fans that were part of that and I, i'm not old enough to have been part of that time Describe as sort of attacking, useful, uh, bullion football, which we see quite a lot of in this FA Cup final, yeah, I have to say. And you, you kind of really get it's only one game, of course, but you get a kind of sense of the the time. Um, I mean, a few if, if anyone's interested, um, Wayne Barton, friend of the show, wrote a book on the Doherty Sexton years, and I interviewed him about it before the crisis hit, so back in the last international well, that
0: break. Was- that was about the Sexton Atkinson. Sexton
1: it? Atkinson. Yeah. We talked a lot about Doherty because uh just the transition into Sexton. So it's kinda, of, you know, interesting chat about this kind of sort of part of the time time year. Um but a anyway, yeah, fascinating character. And of course what we didn't know, the context of course, is that he was boshing the physio's wife at this very point in time, which is probably, you know, why he's looking so happy all the time. He was sacked for for that that's
0: why he lost his job that's yeah, know, yeah there that. was no no football reason because it was quite a quite an achievement to come because so this is the season they two seasons before this they're in the second division yeah and so they come up they get to the sem- they get to the final uh the season before against southampton lose that although that was 75 76 I remember, anyway 76, Se- yeah that was yeah. 76 great so yeah So that's the year before and they're back at Wembley now. Um, Part of this kind of like period where United become a a cup team. The one thing that I think is another important part of the context is this is only nine years after the last game we watched. And in that nine years, football has gone from olden days to something approaching nowadays. Just everything about the coverage. Maybe this is just because I grew up with Brian Moore, but Brian Moore feels like a a real sort of staging post between Wolfen's home and... You know, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Pierce. I, I mean, like I have he's... a
1: few things to say about Brian Moore, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, not my favourite. The... I wish we'd had the BBC coverage because, because, of course, in those days they both covered it, both covered the FA Cup final. Motson did the... Uh, not not that Motson's been my favourite commentator, but I like him a lot more than Brian Moore for reasons.
0: The the Brian Moore thing is, is fascinating to me because um, I had this sort of sense memory when he was talking. I started to sli- slightly drift off. And I realise this is because, not because the match was boring or I was even particularly tired or whatever. I just remember a lot as a kid getting super excited about there being a football match on TV in the afternoon, working myself up into a frenzy and then falling asleep during the match to Brian Moore's soothing tones. But Jack Tarleton's the co-commentator and it's a much more recognisable commentator, co-commentator vibe. Um, Oh, for sure and yeah. and Charlton is an analyzing the formations he's talking about the style of play of the two teams their strengths and weaknesses it's it's there is a there's a a grammar around live football coverage which just didn't exist in 1968
1: yes he's not verbose Charlton I mean he's he's kind of to the point uh, and more editorializes for him a little bit you know kind of summarizes what he thinks that Charlton Meant to say, in three words in like fifty, but uh, yes, it's much more sort of recognisable. The graphics are laughable, which is great. I mean, the uh, they they stick the score up every now and again with a, like a clock, which is impossible to read. You're like going, like, what is it? What is it saying? What did it just say how many minutes are gone, man? You can put a, like digital clock up there. It, it uh, um. It's a bar that was filling around the outside, that, that club. Yeah, no, I know, but it takes some interpretation. <laughs> does. Yeah. Anyway, shall we shall we talk about the teams? Because I, actually, I think um, in the teams, there's going to be an awful lot of, even for people of our age or younger, um, names that you'd recognise, I think, even, and in the Liverpool side too. So Liverpool... Have this kind of much more flexible, sophisticated system than United. I mean, for sure, right? It's basically a four three three, but there's a lot of players floating. So there's Clemence in goal, obviously England keeper. Phil Neill, Emlyn Hughes, you may or may not know from uh, Question of Sport. He's um he's a fellow dolphin lover like Carragher, you know, he's like high pitched. Uh Tommy Smith, who Tommy Smith yeah, Jerry Tommy Jones. Smith,
0: actual racist. Emlyn Hughes, xenophobic at a minimum. Uh, based on his... Yes.
1: Tommy Smith, actual racist. See, there was a time when, um, I mean, it's, it's all come out exactly how racist Tommy Smith was. There was also that other incident when he kicked the ball in 1996 FA Cup final and the Red Tops went after him for claiming disability benefit. I mean, he was... Literally in crutches and wheelchairs most of the time. So, you know, have some sympathy for him there because he got his benefits taken away. Red tops. For kicking the ball once. Yeah, but he but he was racist. Um, Case McDermott, Kennedy in midfield, all really high-quality players. Keegan Johnson and Highway sort of up front. Highway and Keegan floating all over the place. So um, And then in the United goal, Stepney... Still in goal. Yeah,
0: it's still there. We've grown a moustache, but otherwise nothing much has changed. Still not using uh, gloves.
1: I was kind yeah. of curious, when do they start using gloves? It's sort of early 80s or something, isn't it? Must Nicole, be. Brian Greenoff, Buck and Olberstern at the back who were great in this game. All of them, I think.
0: Alberston, I think, is the only player in this side who we grew up watching.
1: Yeah, because he goes on. I mean, this is one of his first games. It's a surprise that he's in the yeah. team and he goes on to play another 500 games for United. Uh, Koppel, Makara, Jimmy Greenoff, brother of Brian Greenoff, Gordon Hill, Pearson and Makari up front. So, you know, a lot of familiar names there. Yeah,
0: very much so. I mean, one of the things about this side is is of people who are 10 years older than us, this team is absolutely beloved. The kind of... Gordon Hill, Steve Coppell on either flank, the the strikers, the you know McIlroy and Makari, the the whole thing is you know it's it's a team that has a lot of people have a lot of affection for, and um, uh, Lou Makari turned out to be an absolute legend of a person as far as we can tell. Like he's right. spent his whole adult life, he's suffered terrible personal tragedy, and just done. Unbelievable, relentless, good all the way through his his post football career. That, that's um, right,
1: um, and I'm like, I mean, talking about some of the personalities. I mean, even when I first started going to football a lot, Martin Buchan's song was being sung on the terraces. So, wow, you know, so people remembered him back then in the late eighties. So
0: uh, the the when you said Martin Buchan's song, uh, everybody should Google Martin Buchan's song because he. Wrote a diss track about the rest of the team called the Old Trafford Blues, um, which is it was released as a single. Quite re- just listen to it. Goes through basically the the personal and professional failings of every single person that's in this team, um, and and is
1: superb. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, there, there was an actual game as well. Yeah, um, and pretty lively it was. There was patches when it really slowed down. Um, I was uh, in the group chat sort of commentating along with the game, and there was a couple of patches when it was dull. But, you know, lots of lively stuff. But United, pretty pretty lively. A chance inside of five minutes for Lumakari who sort of doesn't hit it cleanly and sort of goes into the side netting created by Koppel, who... It's featured... nice build-up. Nice build-up. I mean, United, like, get into this. We're going to knock it into Coppel and Hill, and they're going to run it's... at the full-backs just straight it's away, don't they? It's
0: so funny. It's so funny. Like, this is... The the clash of styles in this game couldn't be more clear, and also you can tell. I mean, United win and it's glorious and wonderful, and we are morally superior in every way, etc., etc., etc. But um, you can definitely tell which team has just won the league and is about to play a European Cup, and which team are like, "Come on, lads, (laughs) let's win the FA Cup." You know, so there's a pretty significant. I don't know about quality difference. I guess it's a quality difference, but definitely a, a, a substantial um, sophistication difference in the two sides. Oh, yeah.
1: And experience as well. I mean, there's quite a yeah. lot of young players in this United side. Um, I mean, Obleston, obviously, Greenhoff, central defence is like 24. I mean, there's lots of young younger players. And Liverpool, this is obviously a very experienced Liverpool side that's that's been used to winning lots.
0: So it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of talk about Keegan's position, and I didn't ever realize that he played a lot in midfield. Yeah, a lot yeah of talk a, about... he
1: was sort of the original Peter Beardsley, wasn't he? Dropped off mm. a lot, yeah. Um, and which his kind of scoring record over his career suggests he's more a one in one in three striker rather than a one in two striker. Um, but yeah, played in deeper positions a lot. I mean, this is his. Is this his last game for Liverpool before he moves to Hamburg? I think it might be, actually.
0: It's somewhere around that. No, because yeah. he, he plays the European Cup he final. He plays the European and, Cup and... final,
1: in which he doesn't score, but he, he wins a penalty in that European Cup final. I think he leaves in a helicopter. I
0: think that's the that's the thing.
1: Right, um, right. Yes, and he's off to Hamburg for three seasons there before he, he comes back to, to England, Southampton, and then Newcastle. One of three spells at Newcastle, none of which were particularly successful.
0: Martin Buchan... Puts on, puts in two massive tackles, fair tackles. But I'm not. Were you saying that his song got sung? You can see why he's the kind of player who fans on the terraces absolutely love for years to come. Absolute because rock, he's, isn't he? Yeah, he's really good in this game and just very like hard, proper hard but fair type defender. Um, there's some, there's some pretty good chances early on. Liverpool have a massive chance from a, a corner and a bit of a scramble.
1: Yes, yeah, so there are a few um sort of scary moments at the back for United. Uh there's I mean the first one comes from um Koppel and Nickel, Jimmy Nicol sort of messing up at the back and Stepney not calling and it's headed out and then Johnson really should have scored for, for Liverpool and um that's after what, ten minutes? Um there's a there's a foul after that. I've got a note here. So much commentary about the referee. Really editorialising. Brian Moore shaking my head is what I wrote. He's You're not a fan. No, I think the thing um, I find annoying about him is he's just really sanctimonious. He's just, all throughout it. he's like, and the player shouldn't be arguing with the referee there. The referee is right. The referee said it. And in fact, he kind of makes this. At one point, Jack Charlton calls him out and says, oh, I don't know if that's... That's right. And Brian yeah. Moore said the referee has said this right, so it's right. <laughs> um, and he's kind of he does, boring as well.
0: He does have a couple of nice lines, though. He says, it was little young Arthur Albiston who stopped Keegan in full flight there after a magnificent attack. And I quite liked little young Arthur Orbiston. It's like, I think of Arthur Orbiston as, you know, the MUTV pundit in his 60s. Yeah. Kind of thing. I mean,
1: Brian Moore's most famous line is when Arsenal beat Liverpool. at Anfield in 89 and it's uh, it's the, and it's in there, line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not Um, sure that's, you know, it's not as good as there's some people on the pitch.
0: They think it's all over. He also says replays will be on the 27th of June. And then in continuing sanctimony when all self-respecting people are thinking (laughs) more of test matches than cup finals. This is part of my continuing series on... Uh, Trying to find the exact date When cricket references drop out of football coverage Because you don't hear them anymore Um, But like every old match That we're covering Somebody talks about cricket at least once
1: That's true uh, what happens? The next few Clements tips over a, a Gordon Hill cross. It wasn't really a shot, but it's first sort of big sighting of Gordon Hill. Who He's not as good as copple I'd say, in this game. copple's definitely involved more. There's the Alberston tackle on um, Keegan when he's almost through one-on-one. Absolutely brilliant piece. I mean, <laughs> there's, a, there's a great piece about Alberston later in the game where Jack Charleston is basically invited to praise Alberston by... It's an open goal and he's having none of it. He's like, well, he, you know, he's done well defensively, but that's the first time he's got forward after he's like beaten three guys by steaming <laughs> past them. He has to turn that into a negative. I was like, yeah, classic Jack Charlton.
0: The the tactics, though, I mean, the level of kind of kick and run that United are playing. We talked about kick and run quite a lot in the 68 um, Cup final, but, like, Bosby's team had Bobby Charlton in the middle, who was metronomic compared to anyone that's in this team. And the uh, the line, the offside trap that United are playing in this game is waff off in. It's either going to work or it's going to be an utter catastrophe and nothing in between.
1: Yes, I mean, they're trying to compress the game and then get it forward as quickly as possible. I mean, it's not long ball football, it's just very direct. It's, I mean, it's not far off early Fergie football either, so... Um, there's some great shots of Doherty on the bench. I, I meant to look up who his assistant was at this time, and I can't remember off the top of my head now, but a um, bunch of old grey guys on the bench. Jo- Doherty absolutely hammering the chewing gum. I mean, he's in the Fergie school there, isn't he?
0: Well, this is his third FA Cup final, and he's lost the other two. So it, there's obviously like a huge amount on the line for him. Because the other, the other thing about this, which is we're contractually obligated to say when talking about olden days FA Cup, is the FA Cup was absolutely massive. It wasn't like, you know, Liverpool were on for the treble. There's no way they would have chosen not to win the FA Cup. You know, you might argue that they'd rather win the FA Cup than the league at this time. Like the, The FA Cup is an enormous, enormous thing. Kids are growing up. They're not growing up wanting to win the league. They're growing up wanting to win the FA Cup.
1: Well, the board games called Wembley and all that. Do you remember that one? Yes, yeah, certainly. That one. Do. Yeah, um, yes. I mean, there's, there's. Uh, I do. I did wonder something about Liverpool's tactics, where they just feel a bit ponderous at points during this game. And maybe it's just the comparison with the, uh you know, Ev- ever-ready bunny or whatever it's called. What's the... yeah, it? Yeah, something
0: like that. Duracell bunny. Duracell
1: bunny. Sorry, wrong, wrong. Juracell, if you want to sponsor us, uh, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, the United are the Juracell bunny. They're just going, going, and going, and going. And Liverpool are much more measured. And maybe it's by comparison they feel ponderous, but at times it feels like they're just a little bit in reserve. And I do wonder whether a European Cup final four days later is not playing on them a little bit. Anyway, there's a um, there's few more chances before the end of... A um, few more pieces of action before the end of the first half... Um, there's great chance for Kennedy header, he's not far out stepney saves with his foot at the near post that's a good one there's a, there's a great incident involving I think it's a bit earlier actually Smith fouls Auburston. Um and then uh, there's a free kick um, Pearson heads it um, Koppel, um nearly gets back in again I think he's fouled by Smith or maybe Smith did the foul in the first place um and claims it's a dive. And he's doing the whole I was like, you scumbag. It's like
0: so wasn't a dive. There's no diving in 1977. Um, but there was already the diving gesture, so clearly there this there kind of was. Um half time comes, and then Liverpool are right on top early in the second half, much the better of the play. Can't remember if they made any big chances, but they're definitely massively on top. But then Pearson scores an absolute cracker.
1: Yeah, I mean it's McElroy and, and Greenoff uh, who are involved in it. Um and then Pearson turns and uh, shoots sort of low to Clements' left. I mean if you're being harsh you'd say it's near post and maybe Clements could have done better. But it's a it's a smart turner, a clean hit.
0: Yeah. Um there then uh, so uh, Keegan made the mistake and kinda headed it into the path of McElroy. And McElroy just very quick thinking heads it to Greenhoff um, who then immediately heads it on again. So there's like three headers in quick succession like pinball and Pearson. It it really reminded me. It's it's a sort of slightly lower quality version of the first Ronaldo goal in that um, 2003 game where he just takes the shot really quickly. I'm not sure Pearson quite took the shot as quickly and maybe Clements should have done a little better. There's then just a beautiful, beautiful cutaway to the United fans and, the flags are all out and the banners and those kind of stick flags and just people jumping around an absolute bedlam.
1: Yeah, it was good because we hadn't got many sort of crowd shots before that, had we? No. I mean, it's, uh, yeah yeah, the, the, the wide sort of shot of Wembley and um, especially the lower tiers of Wembley then were, even then were all seated and very staid. I used to hate sitting at Wembley in the lower tiers because you... You just couldn't you can't see anything. It's better now because it's um I mean it's a horrible stadium New Wembley, it's so like corporate soullessness. Uh but uh so you're either miles and miles away or if you're if you're lower down at least it's got bit bit more of a banking than the old Wembley. The old Wembley is just really shallow. So I mean the, yeah, only, the The view's good everywhere in New Wembley. It's
0: the, just the the weird echoey yeah, noise. Yeah
1: I mean old Wembley it was really shallow in the lower tiers and really deep full of piss in the toilets it's just a horrible place
0: <laughs> i never went there ever no, not to a concert not to a football match never um i remember used to see it off from the train i think and just be unbelievably excited to see it uh, as a kid but i no, never never went there um anyway lead didn't last long did it certainly didn't jimmy case hits back almost immediately long ball into the box and this is hell of a goal <laughs> he uh, he takes it on his knee, touch, turn, wallop, goal. Just Bang, top proper. corner,
1: yes. Really class, really high-quality goal. Don't want, don't want to praise Liverpool players, but he's you know, probably especially, Kader or something, so it's okay. Spe- especially
0: not Jimmy Case, who <laughs> was not Although, interesting hearing the old hard men chat, a lot of people not rating Jimmy Case as an old hard man. And maybe... Bit more talk i don't think i want to say this just in case he comes after me because i'm pretty sure he could still beat me up assuming he's still alive um no idea but it, the, then it's not level for long because in this is like and you said there's a, a some sort of slightly static moments in the first half this is electric just end-to-end goal 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 um we score they score we score again Makari's shot hitting green off on the arm I think Greenoff has given this. He, Greenoff is given um, is given this Do you goal. Think it would pass
1: the VAR and new handball rule
0: test? I don't think it would. No, um, and I also don't think it would have passed modern cameras deciding that this goal should belong to Jimmy Greenoff. Because uh, is it Brian or Jimmy? It's Jimmy. I don't. I'm not Brian. confident in that. One of the Greenoffs. I think it's Jimmy. Um, but the uh, Jimmy. It's um, Jimmy. Yeah, it's Jimmy. Uh, but it's Makari's goal anyway. Like, it's just, like, Greenoff does nothing and gets the yeah, goal. Yeah,
1: he's he still hitting. He still, it's still deflected off him, his stomach or his dick or something, whatever it hit. I mean, if he hit him, his gentleman, he's, uh, he's a harder man than uh, perhaps Steve Case.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: definitely Jimmy.
0: Case is definitely Jimmy. Um, uh, Greenoff did really well to fight off the Liverpool defender, Um in the build-up to that, is like really makes himself awkward and kind of it looks like the Liverpool defenders got the ball off him, but he kind of goes round him, like puts a leg round him to get the ball back. Um, so kind of Greenoff didn't not deserve some credit at least. So it, we'll let him off and the fact that he stole Good Guy Lou McCurry's goal.
1: Nah, it's fine. Anyway, after that, I mean, Liverpool get back into it. I mean, United don't sit back by any means until maybe like the last ten minutes or so. But there's a there's definitely a cup game feel to United's, you know, still pressing. But you know, Liverpool definitely kind of step it up a bit. You, Keegan's really involved. Steve Highways really involved a lot.
0: He was. I don't know. I when I heard his name mentioned, it rang some sort of ancient bell but I don't remember him being talked about much. I've never really heard him talked about much. He looked like quite the player. He looked like a good player. Good pawn Tash as well.
1: Classic oh. 70s haircut and Tash.
0: How have we got to 40 minutes into this show and not talked about the hair? Like, this is unbelievable. The hair game in this match. Almost every single one of them has exactly the same long hair helmet hair. So it's... It's all center parted, but not like curtain center parted. It goes up before it goes down in every single one. They've all got it like almost exactly shoulder length at the front and just around the ears on the sides.
1: It's it's a uniform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's 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 really funny if you stuck them in some flares and a uh, you know some uh, disco shirts. They could have been touring all of them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. They've all had the same do
0: done for FA Cup final day, probably by the same hairdresser. Yeah, um, that's right,
1: and a lot of hairspray. Yeah,
0: but it's beautiful—a beautiful, a beautiful uh, celebration of seventies hair. This game, um, so yeah. Uh, Gordon Hill, just after we scored, Gordon Hill put a cross just ahead of Greenhalgh, who just can't quite keep up with Hill, which. To be fair, trying to keep up with United's wingers must have been an absolute nightmare for their strikers at this point, because they just they just ping down the wings. It's unsophisticated and glorious. <laughs> yeah,
1: Kind of miss this um, being a
0: default thing in football.
1: There's another chance for Pearson, Clements saves, Keegan and Highway create an opening for Liverpool. Brian Greenoff nearly scores an own goal, which is classic piece of defending, trying to head back to Stepney, who does claim it. But it could have gone terribly wrong. That'd have been amusing, or not.
0: Well, I I think I was relatively emotional, deta- emotionally detached for this game, which is literally two weeks younger than I am. Like, if, we, if we're not over it by now, you're never going to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you weren't watching? I oh, apparently I was, because um, my mum and dad's uh, one of the few things they did together. <laughs> They, they didn't last much longer, listeners, um, but they, they used to watch the FA Cup final together. Although, I don't know how watching an FA Cup final with like a three-week-old baby or whatever would have gone down. I guess, I guess this was late May, so I was more than a month old by this point.
1: Wow, I mean, you're probably sitting up and cheering United on.
0: Yeah, I probably had the same haircut as all the players by that point.
1: Um, I can confirm, this is probably true, uh, to carry on a theme What's your first FA Cup final that you remember? Uh, 83. Okay. So, yeah, I remember both of those games, yeah. I um I don't know where I watched them. I very clearly remember the 85 Cup final and where I yeah. was for that one. So,
0: yeah. I remember where I was for that one, but I I don't rem- I only remember one thing clearly which was the goal. Um yeah. But anyway, the, the it was really, I'm sure I've never seen this game in full. I'm also absolutely sure I have seen the goals before because they all felt kind of familiar. Yeah. 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 Um, But it was, it was really entertaining. Like, especially the second half. I mean, perhaps not surprisingly given there's a bunch of goals fly in one after the other, but you, you can like when people talk about United having an identity and a DNA and all this kind of stuff, there is some truth to that. You know, the myth is made from somewhere, isn't it? And, and they really do like to play kind of well you could say 442 but this is definitely a 424 um the the wingers are wingers they are not midfielders in this game
1: yes we'll, we'll never see a side that well you can never say never i suppose but it, it would be surprising to see teams play like this ever again oh, wouldn't it be great if they did <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose there was Ozzy Ardiles' Spurs side played with <laughs> five up front.
0: The thing is, the problem is, smart people look at it and go, well, wait a minute, what if we just, you know, put the ball in the channels where their players aren't? And what if we, you know, exploit the fact that they're playing an offside trap three yards behind the halfway line?
1: Well, uh, yes, exactly, and loads of teams did, which is why there's uh, more sophisticated teams winning stuff these days than straight up 4-2-4. Um, but, yeah, it was great fun. Uh, nothing much happened in the last 10 minutes. So McDermott had one shot, which was so off that it didn't even go for a corner, which was kind of fun. Always
0: lovely. Always lovely Someone to see one.
1: from Liverpool I didn't catch who tried an overhead about three yards out, missed. Another scramble and Kennedy hit the woodwork. The bar just clipped the, you know, clipped the top of the bar with about two minutes to go. But really, United held out pretty well, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know if they deserve to win on the balance of play. I think the balance of play was fairly even, if not slightly in Liverpool's favour. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um. It'd be nice that uh, this is a game I would have liked to have seen an XG model for. Um, yeah.
1: Some some statistics. I mean. It's easy enough to go back and do it, of course, but someone has to sit there and map all the passes and the, where all the players are. And there's a few machine learning models that do that, but you still have to go program it all. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, I know we've all got a little bit more time on our hands than normal, but nowhere near that much.
1: One, one thing I thought was uh, kind of amusing, how quickly they were up the stairs to go and collect the cup. And then... Buckingham gets it off, I think it's Princess Anne, is it? Or Margaret, one of the princesses, mm-hmm. gives it to him. She says something to him. He gets the cup and runs off with it. There's no passing it down the line so everyone can lift it and the crowd can cheer. No, no, he's having that and he's off.
0: Superb. Um, you know, there is nothing more football nostalgia for me than FA Cup final presentations and all that. You know, I am an absolute sucker for all that. Steve Bruce, you know, passing it back to Schmeichel just get gets the good feelings going immediately um even even the the times which are kind of not united related like wimbledon winning it and all that sort of stuff it's I love just FA Cup final day is is it doesn't it just doesn't work anymore it doesn't it it's not like this nostalgia carries over to me caring massively about united winning the FA Cup although um it was great that Rooney and Carrick got to complete the set before they finished and it was nice to win it after such a long time but it just is nowhere. I mean, it's obvious. This is the most obvious thing in the world. But it's nowhere near the same, and you could never make it the same again because it's a product of a bygone era, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and and I, I just want. I mean, I, it's a larger question: what uh, what could be done with the FA Cup to make it feel special again? Um, and I... there's 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 not much in an age when everyone's chasing Champions League riches, and and in fact. This whole crisis right now may push us down the the route of European super leagues and and that kind of thing, which of course you know, Juve and some clubs around Europe really want even faster because there's a, there's going to be a need for new cash injections and um, given given, I think one of the I think it was um, it was the uh, the transfer window podcast maybe I can't remember one of the one of the footy podcasts. Um, was making the argument that UEFA have been pretty impotent in in this current period. They're trying to bully leagues into completing the season um, so they can complete the, the UEFA, the Europa League and the Champions League in sort of August, something like that. Um, and the Dutch League, the French League and the Belgian League have just basically turned around and said no. So despite threats from UEFA that if they didn't have some sporting way of completing the the season, they might not qualify for the next season's Champions League. It's only one step beyond that to say, actually, we'll go and set up our own league, backed by, I don't know, Middle Eastern billionaires who will go fund it, or private equity or whatever.
0: So, yeah, all of far cry from the 1977 Africa FA final web. Where- things felt really really simple in every way possible i mean of course actually things weren't simple country was in a complete state the you know there was it was on the verge of like one of the most right wing governments in the country's history there was you know it was a total mess and like you know we were not Oil far shocks, off
1: massive unemployment and, yeah. and strikes and uh, all of that of course of course so, you um, know it's but you like know, it... what could be more simple than beating Liverpool, beating Liverpool at Wembley and the manager boshing the physio's wife? <laughs>
0: um, and talking of eccentric managers and beating teams at uh from Liverpool at Wembley, our next game is uh, was was is a request that we had on our Instagram. Um which oh, I meant to say who requested I'm like loads behind in shout-outs. I'll go through it and, and do some shout-outs for the next the next one. Um but it's the uh, 2015 FA Cup semi-final against Everton, a game I've talked about ad nauseum on the show, which I don't think I've ever watched the whole of on television because it's a, a rare one. of this, I think it's, this is the first one of these that I was at. Um, you've had a couple, but but this is the first one of these I've, I've been at. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching watching that one and. Uh, the the Martial late winner and the absolute goonage and I'm going to be watching a lot of uh, the fan stuff from outside the stadium afterwards because that was extremely memorable
1: great that will be Friday's show I've lost I don't know about you guys I've lost I was going to say lost the run of myself a little bit of that too definitely (laughs) lost sense of what day is what
0: yeah absolutely so I look forward to speaking to you on Friday Patreon backers Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about United and wingers uh, for the bonus content today. And everyone else, we will see you on Friday.
1: Bye now.